0: Hello, loves. It's Court here. Welcome to the Soma Mama podcast. This will be a solo episode today. So I'm excited for you all to tune in. And for those of you who are new to the Soma Mama podcast, this was inspired by my business, which is called Soul to Soul Wellness, S-O-L-E-2 S -S 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 O U L. The intent there being a an embodied embodied wellness collective uh, where i combine my bodywork services such as somatic body work and craniosacral fascial therapy with yoga therapy with group events hopefully to come retreats and so much more and this is truly really like a three to five year plan and I've just gotten the ball rolling as I am currently getting my master's in social work to become a somatic psychotherapist. So in goal, as many folks have asked me lately, it's to have my own brick and mortar space, my own private practice, um, private therapy practice where I am combining yoga therapy, talk therapy, bodywork sessions. And I also today I was like, gosh, it'd be really nice to have a sauna um, for detoxification purposes. So it's in the works, folks. Um, For now, you can mostly catch me virtually doing pop-up events, collaborations, and also in-home sessions for the bodywork services um, in the greater Philadelphia area. I will travel to you or you can travel to me And this is all until I get my brick-and-mortar space, which I will know it's time when it's time for that to arrive. So, let's start by taking a few deep breaths, grounding and connecting to... Where you are beaming in from, I just learned that from a women's collective of female entrepreneurs that I am in right now. I will give a shout out to that in a minute, but beaming in from. So maybe it's your car, maybe it's your garden, maybe it's your work chair, Finding that fluid connection between inhale and exhale breaths. Maybe you close your eyes, take your gaze inwards. Just to check in with body and see how body is arriving today, right in this very moment. Maybe you're even walking your dog walking outside. I know many of you enjoy the walk and talk or walk and listen more so An opportunity to get in the body and then also, you know, keep the mind active uh, by listening to a podcast. (sighs) So I want to paint the picture for you today as it is a Monday that I'm recording this. I actually had such a nice day of rest yesterday um after having a pretty social Saturday I was I think it also been a few days of getting less sleep than I'm used to which some of you may laugh that averaged probably about seven hours a night but my typical as of late has been minimum 10 so those extra few hours compiled by, by you know a collection of a few days um really makes a difference. That's like ten hours less of sleep. Um, so this is all to say by Sunday. I got up, I taught a morning yoga class, I came home and I thought to myself, you know, there are things that I can be doing, right? And especially in our Western world and in the United States. I'm sure that is a thought for many. There are many things I can be doing. and I can be organizing my herbs and spices or cleaning out my kid's closet right now. But what I know I'd like to do is lay my arse on the couch and just be. And so I invited myself to do that. And I took a fat two-hour nap, which I haven't done in a minute, Um Right when our kiddo was sleeping, that was so wonderful. And even I woke up from my nap and I was like, I'm still tired. So just took it easy. worked up the energy to run to the store for a few things. Um, I'll, I'll insert here, I have grocery store anxiety. So it's one of those things that it's not super enjoyable for me. Yes, I love food. Um, I, from a sustainability perspective, I prefer going to the store because I have a little bit more control over what I purchase and, um, bagging my own groceries and my reusable bags, etc. Um, but it is game time, baby. When I get into the store, it is like in and out. (laughs) We've got a mission. We've got a goal. And sometimes I'll even compete with myself to see like how little time I can be in there um which is completely opposite to my partner and that he would like to go on a date to the grocery store. <laughs> Could spend 3 hours there on a Friday night. Um so so funny. Um anyway, yeah, soaked up just the rest of Sunday resting with family. Made a nice dinner and then woke up today with a like alright mentality, you know? Like okay, I feel rested. I feel slightly fatigued still, but um, currently I am training for the Philadelphia 10K. And for those of you who do know me know that I have a background in playing soccer and playing athletic sports of all kind. And in college, I got into um, distance running with my sister running half marathons. Um, we lived, she lived in Los Angeles and I lived in San Diego. So we would basically pick a half marathon once a semester, um, in Southern California and meet one another and do it. (laughs) We have many stories to share there. Actually, one of my ideas is to have my sisters on a combined episode, which would be wonderful and hilarious because they're incredible. Um, but yeah, I think back to those times of being running with my sister, who's an avid runner and just being like, I hate this. Why am I doing this? I'm at mile four of 13. What, who are you kidding? And I would tell her like, go ahead. I don't want to hold you back. And she'd be like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave you. And then we'd get in a little bicker because I'd be like, I'm holding you back. Just go. (laughs) So, um, but we always finished and finished together at that, um, all right, so yeah, training training for a 10K. So I woke up, um, went on a two-mile run this morning, and that's actually where the initial thought of, you know what, I might report, record a podcast um, thought came in, and the thought there really, which is the through line for this episode, the topic being ancestral trauma um, and healing and self-healing at that. And so the question that, that came through my mind this morning was, wow, like when was it that I really stepped into healing, like healing myself, healing my own experience, and especially in the last few years. And I took this little inventory or life audit, as my friend Danny Bolts calls it, and I'll give her a little shout out here in a moment as well, of like, where yeah, where am I in my healing process and have there been big defining moments or has it been more subtle? And I am leaning towards the latter and like, wow, you know, I've taken small steps and really they have yielded much larger larger results which I'll give another shout out to my sister Tiffany Wangyu she is a certified health coach she's located in the bay area and she offers her services virtually as well so I'll plug her in the show notes too but she often says that um to her clients small changes yield big results um and so I believe that's that's how it been for me for the last few years. And we'll dive into that deeper here. So I do want to circle back to three of the shout outs I said that I would give um, before I forget them. And I'll also pop their information in the show notes. So one um, being Emily Castle, she is a business coach. She's located in Charleston, South Carolina, and she has a women's group of female entrepreneurs, a collective, if you will. She's just launched called Woman up, and I will tag this in the show notes. But you can find this collected this group of women on Instagram um, at women w m n up u p. Um, and you know we've been having some training calls lately, and just sharing what it means to be a female business together, and talk about things like community and um, you know setting our prices and our services and finding clients, etc. Um, so such a good space for those of you listening who might want to tune into a community, um, of female entrepreneurs. So you pay a flat monthly rate and you get access to things like a virtual happy hour, a training session, um, a Slack, uh, thread, the, um, chat like online chat service where you can communicate and, and collaborate with so many different other business owners from across the world even um so yeah there you go with a little shout out to woman up i hope to have emily on my podcast sometime soon as well so keep your ears open Second shout out to my friend, Danny Bolts, who is located in Northwest Montana. Um, We met because that is around near the area where I'm originally from, Northern Idaho. Danny is a entrepreneur. She is a creative living enthusiast. And she always has, she inspires me because she always has a few different um, streams of income. So she has her lifestyle business called Honeysuckle and Mud. They have all sorts of beautiful wooden products. You can find them on Etsy, um, like carved wooden spoons. Um, she hasn't held one recently, but she used to hold in person um, wooden spoon carving workshops. And um, she also has the Northwest Montana retreat, whereas she has a cabin um, on in her off the grid or on her off the grid property with her husband and they'll even rent out their house to do, to host retreats. It is, you guys, it's the most beautiful space. Um, they've built a sauna there. They have a creek that you can dip into. It's truly, truly gorgeous. And, um, yeah, my, and actually Danny and I will be hosting an in-person, uh, workshop or women's circle together coming up on Wednesday, August 3rd in Sandpoint, Idaho. It'll be lakeside. It'll be filled with conversation, somatic healing, inner child work, uh, a surprise craft, and a dip in the lake at the end if we're lucky. So... Last shout out to my oldest sister again, Tiffany Winju. She, um, you can find her on Instagram at wildly healthy by Tiffany. She has so much wisdom in the health coaching arena. She's wonderful to work with, and um, right now she, you'll on her Instagram, you'll find she's doing a lot of self um, examination around like, blood sugar, blood blood sugar spikes. Um, she has one of those little inputs i know it has a name but you put it you just poke it into your arm and you can track through an app your blood sugar spikes after you eat certain meals um so for those of you who nerd out about that kind of stuff connect with tiff um, again at her instagram or on her website and i will pop this information into the show notes okay now you might ask why that aside right why three plugs to friends, sisters, family, etc., and that is because human connection is fundamental for me and for you and for our human existence, and it is a huge pillar in the work that I do in this world and the work that I wish to continue to unfold, and how I approach business. And um, this came up on our one of our women up calls recently. Um, is really just seeing what. The people want right taking inventory. So you, as a business owner, will say, "Okay, I have this idea. I have this service. I have this curation, and and let me like show it to the people and see what they like." So, you know, maybe you have a product, and you you just you of course you know you put your heart and soul into this product, and then you launch this product, and it you might not get a ton of bites and. I just want to say this as an affirmation to, it might not be that that product's a bad product. It might just be the way in which, you know, you might be marketing it or to whom, or maybe just a slight modification of the product will, will be met with so much more energy and excitement and abundance. So, um, that is a part of entrepreneurship as most of you can relate to. You, um, learn through your trials and your triumphs and your tribulations, And, um, but I, I really, it's my intent to approach my services with soul to soul, especially around like, you know, feedback and, um, voice from the people, like, are my services meeting you? Do you want more of this? Do you want an iteration of this? Do you want less of this? Does this not resonate? And so that's where I am, especially in my first year of business, you know, financially launching, it wasn't a huge overhead. I didn't have to get alone or investors or anything like that. And so really my goal financially for this year was started pretty small, like, okay, for return of investment, I want to make back what I have personally invested into this for year one. And I want to build community. Really, those have been my two goals. And so far I'm on par with meeting those, which is exciting and you know it's interesting too when people ask like oh you started a business how's it going I I feel that often maybe this is my own bias but they're seeking for seeking that like it's been great I've had this amount of clients and we made this amount of money and blah, blah 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 which is awesome too you know when I hear from my friends and peers um that kind of feedback and answer of course I'm celebrating them um but for me it's I I lead in with the response of like really it's been an accountability to help share my passion in with this world um and unveil what I feel like I was kind of hiding behind in terms of the like I can't or why me's or the imposter syndromes uh, and really reframing that back in January of this year to well why can why can't I you know and and what can I do right now and and so it's really it really can be as simple as that I I assure you (sighs) okay let's segue into our topic today this will I know we're almost already 20 minutes into our episode and I hope to keep you for about 40 more minutes um to really dive deep into this topic of ancestral trauma so, if you need to take a moment to come back to breath, take a sip of your water, your tea, uh your iced coffee, get up and move your body or go pee. <laughs> Allow yourself to do that. I will do the same. Okay. So, if you listen to my previous episodes, um especially the solo episodes, you will know that I come to you with experience and that is what I know to share with you based on the experience that I've had in this lifetime. I want to create a quick caveat here and just create discernment between experience that an individual has had versus empathy and, and giving empathy to someone else. Um, In an experience you haven't had, okay? So, for example, um, a loss of a close family member. Perhaps that's not something that we might have experienced or one might not have experienced for themselves, but there's still the ability to provide empathy and extension of compassion to someone who is facing that or who has faced a loss such as that. All right. So ancestral trauma, this has unraveled for me as a topic that I wholeheartedly want to dive deeper into, and I'm going to give a great resource for you here, and I'm sure I will speak to it many times later in this episode, but it's called It Didn't Start With You, and it's a book by Mark Wallen on ancestral trauma, and he is a therapist, and um a practitioner and went on basically this self-healing journey which involved like medical advice and exploration and spiritual seeking um, to India and and then really ended up bringing him back to family and um, patching up the relationship with especially his mother, um, his parents. So that's just a prelude there. Please, please, please listen to this book, buy it, read it. It, It's excellent. Um, But that brings me to my experience with this topic. And for as long as I remember, I have held this theme we might call it a conditioned tendency or a limiting belief within myself of not being allowed to. And It is quite a paradox or a juxtaposition because I have had, I considered myself very, 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 very privileged. And I have had an abundance of opportunity in my lifetime. And I have the the tenacity and the will to create opportunity for myself, especially when someone gives me a limit or tells me I can't. Um, So, it's really interesting that I always felt like this inner whisper, this inner voice saying, no, Courtney, you're not allowed to do that. Um, that's not for you or no, people don't want to hear from you. Or so really it was this like this barrier. Um, we could also, uh, correlate that to self-sabotage and, um, and I'll dive into that, that theme a little bit deeper as well. But this is all to say, it was this feeling that I that I feel like I was born with. And yes, I have, envir- have had environmental um, factors which have sh- impacted me and shaped me, but I couldn't really pinpoint a time in my life where I felt like I was really inhibited. Um, and another thing that I'll speak to is, um, and I do want to insert... A trigger warning here around um, sexual trauma. So please, if you don't feel comfortable continuing to listen, um, pause here and perhaps you can approach at a later um, date. Um, But I don't hold sexual trauma in this lifetime. Um, However, there is a lot of um, fear that I have identified in my body around um, sexual intimacy. And I mean, fast forward to me being 27 years old and having the revelation of like this, this sexual trauma or fear that I hold is not my own. And that was a pretty deep revelation to be order to, in order to allow my nervous system to let go, um, and let be, especially in a safe sexual environment and experience and with a partner that, you know, I trust and love. And, um, so again, I, I speak to these two examples specifically because that is where my curiosity was immensely brought to when I thought, you know, I can't really pinpoint a time in my life where, um, these things may have come up, right? Like not being allowed to do something or being being experiencing sexual trauma. Um, and both of these things really did also come down to low self-worth. Um, and I want to take a moment here to talk about how I physically present in this world, which is blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white, female, cisgender um yeah straight identifying um and you know came from a middle class family again have had a lot of opportunity in my lifetime that I acknowledge um, a lot of folks have not had and you might look at me and think wow she is so confident and she's got it all right And actually deep down, I held this feeling of like, I don't deserve it. I don't, um, I'm not worthy. And that has, that did definitely manifest, um, in ways such as like going shopping. Like I have sisters and a mom who love to shop and I would always say, no, 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 partially because yes, I, I'm not super materialistic. I do value sustainability and buying a handful of Clothing items and wearing them to shreds. Um, but I do think that there was something deeper down of like Nope, like you're not worthy of that new shirt or that new those new pair of jeans And how I can best describe it is that I never really felt um, Super at home in my body and that comes out later in things um, again another trigger warning around eating disorders um but struggling with both anorexia and bulimia, um, body dysmorphia, orthorexia, like all sorts of things, um, which, which truly manifested in a pain response and also, um, in a need for control. Um, food being one of the things at the age of 12 that I felt that I could control, um, So I do want to give respect to all of my family members and I'm not going to name names or really go into specifics, but I do want to talk about what I know in my ancestry um, to be alive and true when it comes to limiting familial patterns and beliefs. So one of them on my maternal side is around body image. Lots and lots and lots of beliefs around what uh, kind of worth is instilled in a certain type of body, i.e., thin. Um, And I know this stems from a particular experience with my maternal grandfather and his sister. Um, who was a bit heavier set and got bullied, and that was not okay to my grandfather, and thus that was projected onto his children and grandchildren. Um, Again, I want to come back to I am not blaming, I am not victimizing, that's not at all where I'm coming from, I'm simply stating objective, uh, familial, Facts um, that I've come to know in my lifetime regarding my family. So what's interesting is I have uh deeper relationships with all of the family on my maternal side. I have some relationships with the family on my paternal side, uh, but not not as much, and uh, not to the extent um, of that on my maternal side. So on my paternal side, what I know um is that My maternal grandmother, whom I've never met, struggled with mental health, um, bipolar disorder, was not diagnosed schizophrenic, um, but based on the symptoms I have heard about, probably could have been, um, she was in a relationship with my grandfather that really from the jump wasn't really desired, um, she had gotten pregnant and, it was expected that they get married, um, at a pretty young age. And my paternal grandfather, they are both now deceased, um, but he was actually on track to be an Olympic ski jumper, um, and ended up getting a scholarship to a university in the United States. So he accepted that, which is how, um, he met my maternal paternal grandmother, And, um, he is originally from Norway. So my dad is half Norwegian, half American, um, lived all of his life in America though. And, um, what I know about my paternal grandfather is, um, he was not the nicest human. Um, he had his own baggage and presented itself a lot and, um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse towards his partner and his children. And the areas that I don't know a ton about are surrounding physical and sexual abuse. So I won't speak to those, but they are definitely questions that I have, um, and that I've wondered for a lot of my life. Um, and yeah, he, he was a successful businessman, but he would, End up blowing a lot of his money on gambling. Um, that periods of time would would rely on his adult children to either employ him or give him money. And he spent um, most of his adult life again, this is my paternal grandfather living between America and Norway. And, um, I have met his siblings who still live in Norway, who are my dad's. Um, aunts and uncles and they are lovely. Um, and I really do, I do connect with, um, my Scandinavian heritage and, um, my mom is Swedish, um, part Swedish and my maternal grandfather, English, um, ancestry. So I, my sister did do our, um, like 23 andme or like 98% Northern European. Um, anyway, that's an aside. So I started asking myself, um, again, okay. So where, where did these things come from? And this was at a pretty young age. And I, again, would say one of my innate gifts is, um, we'll, we'll use social work framework here is pretty much always viewing, an individual with the person and environment framework, um, which this was talked about with my epis or it, in my episode with Jesta Marcus, who is also a social worker, um, where we discussed the significance of acknowledging a person and all of the inter- intricacies that they. Ex- come with and exist in in this world such as their family system, their community um, their job their culture their sexual orientation their race etc and I um, I even will say I grew up in a place that has very 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 little little to none uh, racial diversity and even with that you know I was exposed to more, um, racial diversity at, in my college experience, but I always was like, "You're human, and I see you." And this is not by any means saying that, like, I don't see color. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I'm just, I, my philosophy is, we are all human, and we all have a beating heart, and and I and I love you, and I see you for exactly who you are, and exactly who you are showing up as. Um. And anyway, so I, you know, I never just took someone's like bad attitude or like even being bullied in school. I could always make sense of like, you know, it's not, it's not just me. And yes, there were times where I'd walk home from school crying and I'm also a very sensitive person, but, um, I had the wherewithal of like, I don't need to make this a bigger thing than it is because I know this individual is hurting and, um, and there's a reason that their hurt is manifesting um, towards other people and I'm not saying that that's okay but I am saying it, it helps to understand that it's not just about you and here's where a light bulb is going off and another book recommendation which is the one that I recommend to anyone kind of starting on this self-inquiry journey and that is the four agreements um, by Don Miguel Ruiz, I believe, apologies if I butcher that pronunciation, but I'll pop it in the show notes. And, you know, one of the, he basically talks about four ways to live your life or four agreements, rules to live your life by. And one of them is like basically saying it's, it's not about you. Someone else's actions, behaviors, reactions, they're, it's about them. And once you know that, it kind of flips Flips the script and flips your worldview. Um, so what's interesting is really I identify when my like adult healing journey began was about four years ago at the age of twenty four, and that is after a bout of living internationally and traveling for an extended period of time, getting out of a relationship that was healthy and ultimately felt very safe. Um. Oh, and this is another pattern that I want to speak to right now, which is having fear around men. So I, again, looked, took a life audit of my friendship, a friendship audit, and examined um, really if I had any male friendships. And I think this is something I talked about also in my episode with Gabby Jensen when we talked about astrology. Uh, in depth and I realized wow I have namely only female friendships and I don't know if this has anything to do with it but the male really close male male friendships I have um, identify as gay and when I looked at that I was like that is interesting because I feel that it correlates to this like sexual fear or um, my mental processes around like I must stay safe around a man because otherwise they'll like want to be intimate with me um, and not just physically and that's not something I want. Um, So a lot of like self-protection and boundaries there from really like the beginning of my even my interest in, in men and my uh, like preteen romanticization when that, that whole spiel started. Um, so yeah, carried with me into high school, into college. Yes, I dabbled in dating, but always kind of at arm's length, um, knowing that I could withdraw at any given time. Um, and so anyway, age 24, what's interesting is I felt this calling, Um, to return home I also you know had an empty bank account but I do know at the time I knew like oh I was actually in Costa Rica and I was like I know I can stay here for a bit longer and do like a work trade or work away which I had previously done in my travels and I can extend my travels even having little money by you know exchanging work or labor or you know, even find a yoga teaching position internationally. So that thought was there, definitely was there. But I had this deeper calling that was like, go home, figure your shit out. And, and even more than that, it was like, go home and take care of mom. Um, and I know if my mom listens to this, she would say, and she has told me before, like, you don't need to take care of me. That is not your job. But again, coming back to that, like inner whisper of like, that is what I felt I needed to do. Um, and, you know, mom and my parents had gone through a divorce. Um, I'd seen my mom through a pretty sad period of her life. And um, and I'll leave it at that because it's not my story to tell. But I, um, yeah, I felt like, okay, if there's some form of support I can give, I feel that I that I need to show up in that way. So I did and what ended up happening was really like I'm imagining like this fishbowl dropping on the ground and shattering and a fishbowl because I'm from a very small town and it's often referred to as the fishbowl Uh, because it feels like you have this heightened lens on you you know like when you look in a fishbowl and it's kind of magnified and it's small and you feel a little bit trapped um encapsulated like you can't get out even though you can um you might like dip your head above the water and get a taste of it but then go back into it and um anyone from a small town I think can relate to this um, even a suburb of a bigger urban area and um So what I, I thought, you know, I'll go home and take care of mom and provide support. And what ended up unraveling for me was so much emotion bubbling up every emotion in the book, anger, grief, shame, fear, exasperation, frustration, exhaustion, fatigue, um, you name it. I was experiencing it and I, at the time had a really, really hard time, um, even like standing firm in my own and advocating for myself and I would have thoughts of like Courtney you you can say no here or you can but then my internal cycle would be like but if I say no I'd go into the whole justification so like easier to just not say anything at all or say yes because then I don't have to deal with the backlash of you know family guilt or shame or whatever so Luckily, I knew. Um, I also had a bout of a like pretty toxic relationship, and um, I'm pretty ready to like close that chapter of of my life. So I don't necessarily feel called to speak to it. But I what I will say is what I learned from um, it was the fatal attraction between an empath and a narcissist and just getting a little taste of what that felt like. Um, Of course, again, coming back to that like male protection, Courtney mindset, I was like, this would never happen to me. I know better. And it did. And I did live through it and I got myself out of it. Um, But that was a big learning lesson. And it did bring me to the depths of (laughs) Uh, like wonder and bewilderment and like complete lack of self-trust and like just psychological warfare is what it felt like at the time. And I went deeply inwards. It was that period of time where I didn't want to answer a text. I didn't want to answer a phone call. I wasn't super social. I felt so yucky in my body. I probably ate like tubs of almond butter and peanut butter and like that's it (laughs) like I'm not kidding it was oh and I felt so fatigued all the time but then I would I all I could think about all day long was sleeping and then I would lay in bed at night and I couldn't sleep and that's not something I'd ever had an issue with in my life um and so yeah went to therapy started talking to my therapist about yeah, internal family systems, um, familial patterning, uh, mind-limiting belief systems, and, um, and I stuck it out in therapy for, uh, I would say, close to eight or nine months, and I knew I wanted to continue it, Um However, what I was still trying to do was run away. So figuratively and physically speaking, right? I'm in this fishbowl and like, wow, all of these shitty things have come up. Um, It might be easier to remove myself. And I want to speak, bring clarity to that statement here right now. I do believe it's possible to do, quote, the work or the inner work um, in an environment that that holds weight for you. And I also believe it's valuable to step away from that environment. Um, and it's tough when it's an environment in which your family lives and which you feel that like if, if this is true for you and your family, that nurturing support, but then you also feel uh, like it's like you're com batting your own independence and it's harder to find that with people who love you um ironically but want something for you right or have an ideal prerogative for how your life is going to pan out and that can feel very very suffocating um so I decided to accept a job just for summer. So I was like, okay, let's try this out. It was a service, like outdoor service and learning guiding company that a friend had worked for. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try that out. It's, it's just going to be just for the summer. You know, I, I think I can do it and I can always come back home if it doesn't work out. So, you know, I go off to Chicago to do a two week training and then I get placed in. Colorado all summer leading trips for middle schoolers and you know we're camping we're, we're roughing it we're like making our meals outside we're doing big grocery shops with like a bunch of kiddos I again, I have like co-facilitators um awesome program um it is the company is called the road less traveled I will also tag them here because they are a wonderful company um however <laughs> I had um another breakdown probably my most defining breakdown and it actually was a a day before my 25th birthday and we had just completed the session one of three and i remember i just called the the company owners sobbing saying like i can't continue this and they were so supportive Um, you know, is there anything we can do for you? And I was just like, I think I need to leave. And so they did find a replacement. I remember I called my aunt at the time and my, my best friend and, um, you know, just full support to go home. And my grandpa who would have been like 86 at the time drove to the airport to even pick me up on my, on my 21st birthday, 25th birthday. Um, so again, you know, all right, tried that out, but I'm back home like four weeks later. Um, and get back into therapy and bless my therapist soul too. I, um, I will just put this out here. If anyone is looking for a therapist in the Sandpoint, Idaho area, please reach out to me and I can give you her recommendation. Um, I do want to honor her her privacy here. Um, but, and I know she, she has a large wait list of clients, but she's an angel on this earth and amazing. Um, so yeah, bless her soul because I know she probably already filled my, my spot that I had left and she has a huge caseload, but she was like, okay, we'll find a time to, to get you back in. And, um, and so then my, where my healing journey began where I, um, at the time was not really working. Um, I had been teaching some yoga, but felt so, felt so impostery, right? Like how can I teach yoga if my life feels like it's falling apart? So I I put a boundary on myself, not teaching yoga for a period of time. I ended up getting two jobs in the service industry, which I hadn't done before, believe it or not. And I will say that was not the most helpful for my nervous system, but that was like, that's how I learned, right? I was like, okay, making decent money. I can do this for a period of time. Um, I also am learning so much around just like human hospitality and respect and just, yeah, I have so much respect for folks who do that for full time as I'm someone who am like, I don't think I could like pour a pitcher of water without shaking and getting so like socially awkward that I pour it on someone's lap um which I can do it but that's what goes through my head um and so but it was really just a way to get me out of my head right getting back to work and this is not something I totally totally recommend in fact I feel that I find myself like recommending the opposite but given my experience quote unquote, uh, myself really helped me getting out of my head, just literally sitting all day long thinking and wallowing. Um, and so in that way, it is something I recommend like get a job and get a job doing something that you might find some interest in. And you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to connect with. You never know what you're going to learn, even in the darkest periods of your life, because humans crave what? We crave connection, and we are hardwired for it, as I know Brene Brown always says, and I will link here her uh, newest book, Atlas of the Heart, which is a really, really great read. Um, So, got myself some jobs, um, continued therapy, and what do you have it? I had made a pact to myself. All right. I even told myself I'm going to be celibate for a year. I am not going to date. I'm going to be in a relationship with myself for one full year and see what happens from there. Uh, For those of you who know my story, that did not happen. So you could say that i I broke that commitment to myself, but what I also did was lean into the divine and lean into the universe and lean away from the structure of my own mind that um, was rather rigid rigid at the time. Um, so long story short, I ended up um, reconnecting with my, I'll just call him my long lost love. We'd have this decade long friendship <clears throat> connected with each other in person again after 10 years and it it all made sense right like and I want to say this was still at like rising I'll say like a little bit of rising up from the ashes a few months of into rising from the ashes let's put it that way so still in a pretty dark dark darkish period of my life and he just accepted me with open arms and love and all that I was in that moment. Um, and it was beautiful. And so I, and he had identified, you know, I, I said to him like, I'm not ready to move across the country, um, where he was living at the time, but now where we both reside, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, and he's like, I get that. I understand that. And he was very honest. Like, I also see ways in which, where you're living might be inhibiting you and um how that might be inhibiting certain familial relationships and um your own growth and you know I really heard that and when, and when I did I was like yeah that feels true so as life would have it I finally just undug my heels out of the sand I said all right if it's now or never like I'm not I'm not attached really truly to anything here um, I, I don't have a, like lease to break. I can move away from my service industry jobs. Um, I'm going to do it. So moved across the country in February, 2020 and, you know, crazy. We went into lockdown a month later. So that timing just blows my mind. Um, but this is circling back to me thinking about, you know, where my healing kind of the defining moments of my healing if if any in the last few years on the run that I was on this morning and one of the first things that came to mind was my partner and uh, just like I'm speaking this and feel so much love and gratitude and choosing a partner that created the space for me to to continue to unfold in my emotional processes and come into myself further and deeper, which he knew was possible, and he's always known, and he's he's just kind of st- stood by me in the process while that's happened, and um, created a space of non judgment and unconditional love, and right these things that I didn't know. <laughs> were fully possible for myself and even you know when I think I mentioned this in one of my previous episodes asking myself like can self-healing really happen in partnership so often we we think that we need to do it on our own which again I find value in that and I'm here to serve as a testament that yes it can happen in partnership and partners offer this beautiful mirror especially when they are soul matches and um yeah the mirror the mirror constant mirror is challenging um but i would argue it takes us to a deeper level of self-growth and self-mastery um and a funny thing here i I don't think i mentioned this before but my astrologer that i was working with back in northern idaho he had mentioned actually mentioned my partner in a reading he said you know are you with someone right now this is like a couple months before we reconnected i was like no he was like okay I see like a dark skinned, dark haired person in your future. And he was like, I think you've already met this person. And my, this astrologer I work with, um, he's also works with like this conduit energy. So I was like, okay, so I, you know, here I am like trying to think about dark hair, dark skin people who I had already met, who might, you know, be a potential partner, which is hilarious. And I actually will say that, my now fiance wasn't one of the first people that came to mind. Um, but again, that's a testament to like, (sighs) the universe has a plan. And sometimes more than often, often than not, our mind doesn't know that plan. Um, so, you know, yeah, I met him just two months after that reading. Um, so, what I, as I wrap this episode up, what I've learned and what I've, um, what I continue to try to create for myself are safe spaces for my nervous system. And I believe an episode will be recorded on this topic with my friend, Danny Boltz, as she's gone through a really similar journey around re wiring the heck out of our very angsty nervous systems and I'm speaking to this as I know many of you may be able to relate and the ways in which we respond or how our body feels when we body feels when we are around people for example or step into a social setting and immediately feel tight or our throat clenches or our gut balls up our shoulders become tense and we don't often know why we do this um we but we just have this conditioned response and so part of the deeper questions I'm asking myself now as an individual and also as a as a practitioner in the um I'll just say the trauma-informed space is you know how can we unwind these nervous system responses and I know there's a lot of resources right now around nervous system retraining and reprogramming as it's kind of a buzz term. Um, I will drop in a great recommendation for a book, which I, for those of you listening, I can imagine you've heard of it before. It's called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kalk. And um, I am like halfway through it right now. Uh, which I'm applauding myself for because I'm not always great at holding myself accountable to actually reading hard copy books. Um, it's amazing and incredible, especially if you're interested in nervous system reprogramming, um, exploring trauma, how it's held in our bodies, how we can relieve trauma um, from our childhood, from our lives, uh, through our body. Uh, great, great, great resource. So how am I choosing to do that in my life right now is one choosing spaces, places and people where my nervous system feels held and seen and heard and comfortable. And yes, I might, if it's new, I might come with a little bit of ee, jitters and nervousness around newness and no, that's not a red flag or a trigger, um, that's pretty normal (laughs) and it might take a few moments to feel into alignment, but truly I would say one is able to discern the comfortability of a space almost unanimously. Um, It's this, yeah, this beautiful innate ability we have within our bodies. I will also say if we have stored trauma or triggers, it may be harder to might be harder more than likely is hard harder to discern the safer places because what ends up happening is we lose trust in ourselves. Um yeah, especially through traumatic experiences, toxic relationships, uh, conditional family relationships, etc. Um so another theme I wanna to touch on here, which which goes into alignment with a calm nervous system is the discernment between doing intentionally, and living in chaos. So given the environment in which I was raised, um, there is a certain affinity for chaos and doing, 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 doing. And I know and many people see the amount that I do in my life and think, I don't know how you do that, but it, it is all relative. Um, I will say, yes, I do feel more... Mentally well when I I don't even want to say doing it's when I am of service and I do have the discernment within to know okay I think I'm gravitating towards gravitating towards the familiar which is chaos and my nervous system is going into a frenzy hence court you need to scale back a little bit maybe say no to a commitment or pause before you say yes to a commitment which is a conditioned response. And that is something I am getting a whole lot better at. And I this brings up a thought of one of my dear friends in undergrad. And she once said to me, and it's stuck with me ever since, she said, Court, you are one of the most calculated yet free-spirited people I know. And she was like, it blows my mind. I don't know if that is both my Virgo moon and my double water sign with the with a Cancer Sun and a, and a Scorpio rising sign of, you know, the grounded earth energy and then the, the duality of the water signs be able to eh, go with the flow, lean into it, but then also have the need for the structure and plans and details and knowing. Um, yes. Okay. Let's all take a deep breath together. Bring in two more deep inhale, deep exhale. And for your last round, if you have the ability right now to place one hand on your heart and maybe one hand on your navel as well, and take a big inhale breath. And as you exhale, you will recite in your head, "I am worthy." i am worthy i am worthy yes my friend you are worthy you are worthy amidst the baggage that you hold from this lifetime you are worthy amidst the preconceived notions of family members or perhaps friends or community around you You are worthy, even if you are in a job that you feel is not serving you anymore. And you are worthy and able to leave a partnership that is not serving you well. I thank you for showing up today, giving me an hour of your listening ears. As always, please feel free to reach out and create conversation with me. You can find me on Instagram at soul to Soul Wellness L-L-C. Again, that's S-O-L-E to S-O-U-L, wellness. Um, you can also find me on my website, which is the same title, <laughs> www.soul2soulwellness.com. I would love to connect with you, collaborate, whatever feels energetically suited for your reaching out. I am willing to receive and I hope you have a very nice day. We will meet again soon.